Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And on this week's show, we're going to be taking to the waves with some ancient Greek warfare. We're also going to be checking out a Kickstarter campaign that is, quite frankly, nuts. And on top of that, we've got our pick of the news from the last week in the gaming industry. So why not sit back, relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender once again. This week, I'm joined by John, Shay, and Ben as we take to the high seas in ancient Greece <laughs> or, or talk about toy soldiers and tiny fighting men across the industry. Uh, it depends how we're feeling, really. Um, before we kick into the show proper, though, we have a couple of bits of uh, news slash updates for you. Uh, the first is... It's a big five zero, Benjamino for salute. It is. Yeah, They're getting old. We're getting older, <laughs> uh, and we're also going to be there. Um, so, tickets have gone on sale. Yeah, tickets and stuff are available. You can go and check them out for Salute Fifty, as they're calling it, oh. uh, Salute Twenty Twenty Three. However you want to go about it, um, it's going to be on the twenty second of April, Twenty Twenty Three. So not too far away, because you know time is weird, and before mm. you know it, it's going to be you know spring, summer, all that kind of good stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be uh, one hundred and fifty plus vendors at the event, which is pretty awesome as always. Eighty plus participation games and demos. Um, which is always fun to look at. Mm. I, I especially look uh, like looking at all the stuff that the clubs put on, and I think we made like a big deal of that last year and the year before mm. as well, which was always quite nice. Um, because you brought me, I'm, yes, I'm, and you were like, "We I'm will like, look at games." I'm like flies round, <laughs> honey. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also going to be something a little bit uh, different for this year, mm. which uh, is they're actually going to be doing like Q and As and guest speakers, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be some special guests who are going to be there and doing some talks and stuff. So. If you're interested in meeting some of the um, legends of the industry, I'm sure they're going to be there because they're normally there anyway as vendors. Um, True. So it makes sense to have them up on a stage somewhere having a little chat. So it'll be fun to see what that's all about. Mm. Um, as as uh, as Jerry said, we're going to be there as well. So we're going to be doing our live blogging and all that kind of good stuff. So we'll be there on that Saturday enjoying everything salute uh, and rushing around talking to people. So um, if you want to come and you know, see us and have a chat and all that kind of good say stuff hi. as well, come and say hi. Um, lick Justin's I was head looking, or whatever that's the thing we do isn't well, it well yeah, yeah so. lick Justin's head I <laughs> uh, haven't been able to do that in a while um, yeah. I've been talking to a few people about Salute of late anyway uh, there were some big plans for 2020 and then everything got cancelled yeah. and then um, last time round it was just like a, a sort of a, a half event in the end of 2021 I want to say wasn't it yes yeah it was end of 2021 they ran a little one in the van and it never really had the same impact and then they didn't do one last year because it was just too close on the well, we heels. We did do of... one last year but we didn't do it the year before. I can't remember. Yeah, Time yeah, is weird. It's... Time is a weird soup. The, 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 yeah. the event <laughs> remain indoors um, has yeah. caused issues which means there were some spectacular demo tables and like apparently built for 2020 that still haven't been seen yet yeah, so they're yeah, going to be yeah. here. Inclu I don't know if we can announce that one so I won't but including <laughs> one by one of our favourite our favorite games designers who's going to be yeah. there 
um, with mm. a big table of one of his slash her oh, slash yeah, it's yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's Lovecraft 2020. He's a cat. It's impressive. Yeah. I was just going to uh, say as well, Shay, Oastbourne have said they're going to be bringing some lovely new Burrows and Badgers things. So we've got to go see them, right? So there we oh, go. yes, <laughs> we do. Yeah, cool. And if you're watching this from the RAF War Games Association, PM me over on the site, please. I need to speak to you about things. Dave, yes, yeah. just threw that one in there. Um, but yeah, if you do see us, come and say hello. I've seen comments going, oh, you look busy. We didn't want to interrupt you. Jerry's tall and scary. And Jerry is when Jerry's stomping around the place looking at things. Um, but I'm really quite friendly and amenable and approachable, especially if you have a drink. Bring me drinks. Uh, other bit of upkeepy, bookkeeping type things, because people have been asking for some time um, about this. Uh, so Benjamino has put together this lovely page. Yes, it it, it exists now. There will be an archive. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're wondering about things that you may have seen on an India of the Week in the past, mm-hmm. it's probably not here yet because we're only starting to fill it. Uh, but we will be popping in just the cutout little bits of the India of the Week from the Weekenders along with the links back to the company's page. So if you go, what was that in the where they had the tiny things with six legs and the gribbly faces, and then you played a game with them where they spat on each other. Just all of them and, and find You know, them, yeah. just scroll. Uh, yeah. You may find it. So as time goes on, this will... Look, I remember her. Uh, as time goes on, this will fill <laughs> with other indies from previous yeah. times. Uh, at the moment, I think there's about nine or ten in there. Yeah, I think there's nine in there at the moment. But the, the idea is box. that um, you'll be able to watch them, Sorry. obviously, in the weekend uh, on, the, on Friday. And then hopefully on the Monday or Tuesday or something, it'll be up in the uh, in the mm. blog for you to go and have a look at. So there we go. Yeah, uh, which also yeah. makes our life easier because then whenever we go, it's a have list we us, covered yeah. ramshackle <laughs> games? I go. Yeah, I think three years ago we looked at them, but was was that for Kickstarter? Was that the end? I don't know. <laughs> fries my mind as well if you think you've got a bat at home trying to remember something that you half paid attention to two years ago it's nothing compared to us trying to put a uh indie into a show it's like oh, i think we've probably had something up multiple times by now but nobody's noticed there's too many of them anyway right so if you want to find that you can come over to on tabletop.com and if it uh, ever jeeps it just means they were so good we had to come back and have another look well, that's true yeah there are some indies out there that have progressed massively since we first first showed them off but anyway uh, i digress constantly whether you want me to or not uh, and speaking of the indie of the week mm. uh, it's time to take a look at the indie of the week uh, and this week it's a little bit of an odd one it is yeah a bit quirky yeah um so where to start with this shall i get my ranting annoyance out of the way first sure, i think i will yeah yeah <laughs> go for it <Jerry. clears throat> so i subscribe to wargames illustrated I've subscribed to Wargames Illustrated for a long, 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 long time. There's shelves worth of it here going back many decades. Um, and they occasionally do free rule sets. Uh, this is one of them. However, if you're a Prime member, um, you pay the same amount as me to not get a physical product, but then get lots of extra stuff. Um, I'm just saying, they do. Then you can get your hands on this free game. Now, I have the game which is Thalysia Naval Battles on the Ancient Seas um, I'm reliably if, informed that that name actually just means sea 
of the Lincoln Ancient. It, it could do because uh, the concept of the sea, because something like um, Thalamos is the the hold of a ship oh. on a trident. But anyway, um, <laughs> if you're a Prime member, you can get the STLs as part of your yep. Prime membership. Uh, so if you're a 3D printy type of person, you can get the PDF rules and all the ship. That everything is 3D printable for everything. Everything is 3D printable, printable uh, and they pay the no dice. more than me, and they get discounts on the giants of miniatures and other stuff uh, <laughs> access to the back catalog. Not that I'm up better, but you know, they should be paying more, or I should be paying less. One or the other. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about Celestia. Um, this is a booty game, uh, courtesy of War Games Illustrated, and uh, it's all about the age of the the trireme, uh, the Hellenistic period. So from about your mid sixth century BC, e through to three hundred or so. Um, this is your period where the the Greeks clash with Greeks, Greeks clash with Persians, Greeks clash with Greeks again. Repeat ad nauseum ad infinitum, uh, and the whole idea is you are playing out these um, these sea battles, uh, presumably blue. Athens, red, Sparta. That would make sense to me. Soon that would be the right way. Yeah. To go. yeah. Uh, the game itself, um, the, the rules have been put together by, uh, I want to say, in fact, I've got his name here, so I'll go with that, Ricard Fortune Martinez. Um, I remember him from Room 17. Yeah. The, uh, one of the designers from that. So. But it's, it's an interesting little... <clears throat> game uh there isn't much in the way of complicated bits for it i know there's quite a lot of tokenage going on here um but uh we'll start with top left then uh, that is your ramming template it, uh, oh god just the just the words ramming template yeah make me quite happy so. Uh, so so the game itself works on the principle that you're going to be fielding mostly fleets of triremes uh with some uh, Pentaconters as sort of auxiliary ships. Uh, it's a D10 base system, although you do need D6 for your command dice because there's a, a certain amount of command and controlliness to it um, when you're playing through. But obviously, you have to take into account things like sea drift, the oarsmen. Weirdly, not the ships sailing. Um, they do even point out that you shouldn't have these masts up. They would have taken these down and abandoned them somewhere. Like they'd be left on a beach until the, the conflict was over because you don't want your mast and your sail being ripped and smashed into bits. Um, but uh, just to give you an idea of that bracketing. So <clears throat> if you're going dead ahead on a ram straight down the middle, you get plus one dice. If you have to pivot to contact, you've got like a, you're in the middle, you get no bonus. Yeah. If you have to go to an extreme, you get minus one dice. And then you've got uh, your distance you move. So oh, that's kind of cool. um, yeah. three bands where it's like you're too close, you're not really getting up much speed. In the middle is your optimal. And then the furthest one out is uh, also a minus one dice bracket because oh, okay. you, you've given them too much time and they can brace for impact, um, which is always good, clean family fun, I feel. Uh, if I throw up this, actually, it's probably an easier way to talk through it. So this is their face page. Uh, so they've done little dice and um, 
conjunction with Sarissa, who've also done the, the tokens and templates, but you can download those all off the uh, Wargames Illustrated website anyway. Um, but you generate command dice for your main ships. You also have your admiral on uh, a ship as well, uh, designated at the start. And then you roll your d6. And they, um, you can use standard dice. So a one, two, and three is the little flag, uh, which is a maneuver dice. The six is this sort of arrowy, windy blowing thing, uh, which is your drift dice. Um, the five is a blessing, which is the little uh, burning, uh, I suppose, votive offering pot to the gods. Uh, and then you also have the fleet dice, uh, which is the, the four. So you roll those at the start of the, the turn, and then they can be used to do those things. So it can be to drift your ship, to drift your opponent's ship. Um, now you can't spam them on one vessel, so you can't push one of your opponents all the way off uh, <laughs> off the the table. You you have to sort of spread the love, so to speak. Um, but they can also be used for rerolls, or and this is an interesting one: the blessing pot. Um, some things require a blessing token to to activate bots that can also be used as rerolls. However, at the end of your turn, any unused ones become victory points automatically. Ah. So presumably at the start of the uh, the game, we don't need to use many blessings. You can accumulate a, a nice little chunk of victory points with a, a cheeky roll right off the bat. Um, the other thing they're mainly used for is to remove chaos. Chaos is kind of disorder and stress on your ships. Uh, if you've got a chaos token on you because you've sustained fire or because you can mulligan the dice, you roll all your dice at the start and you get nothing but drifts and you're going, this is going to be terrible for me. You can pick them up and re-roll them as long as your Admiral is still around. However, his flagship gets a chaos token on it because he's suddenly decided that no, these aren't what we're going to be doing this turn. Um, started bellowing. <laughs> yeah, start, start bellowing and, and tear on from there. Uh, so the game itself uses these. Now, obviously, that big temple thing looks a bit random on the back of it. Um, but as you can see, there are hollows on the deck here. The trireme itself uh, can be upgraded as you play, and you can have archers or hoplites for doing boarding actions or actual war machines, so like bolt throwers or small onager-type catapults to lob Greek fire all over people, um, which means as you go, you can sort of define your fleet and set it up whatever way you want. Um, and then uh, you just play our games until somebody's fleet either breaks and runs off or it's nothing but flotsam and jetsam in the water. Uh, because if I go back to the, the little tokens here, these little blue ones at the top, in fact, I think there's probably a better picture on the... Yeah, I think they break it all down a little bit. Yeah. Don't they? yeah. So... When you're plowing through the middle of things, if you ram them, you're going to be the same, aren't you? Yeah, you're just going to be the same. You're just toying with me. Um, Enhance. It, you do, can... the, do the Blade Runner thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two little ovals with the flat centerpiece, if uh -huh. you just go straight through something on a ram and sink them, then you just put those where the ship was on either side, oh, and they now oh, become a little cool. sort of wreckage. That's how, life there in half. Oh. That's also important, though, because if your admiral happens to be on that ship then mm -hmm. he can still be rescued if you can get somebody over to him in time <laughs> uh otherwise you lose a command dice and uh your governance your your sort of 
command and fortitude kind of dies the death a little, uh, which is a you know a terrible, terrible shame. I think we all agree nobody wants to see that happen. Uh, I'm going to go to here actually because this this is NG Castings who are making the ships, and if I go here, I can actually see these in glorious Technicolor. Or if not that, then at least you can see the sort of things that's going on. Um, so the ships themselves are relatively big. The triremes are around six inches, fourteen centimeters. I know that's not quite six inches, but you know, you're you're there thereabouts. Uh, the pentacles or pentaconters are smaller, um, but not that much smaller for the auxiliary ships. You are required to take no more than. Uh, you, you can't have more auxiliary ships than you have triremes. It is the age of triremes, so people aren't going to be spamming cheap swarms of auxiliary boats and just charging at you until um, all of your ships are crippled. Um, but I think it really gives an, an interesting sort of dynamic of how you build your triremes up, whether you want to go for something a bit more close quarters and boarding action, or if you want yeah. to try and stay back and, and feather people with um, arrows and ballista from a distance, um, because you've got obviously all these options here. The reason they keep the sails on is so that you can easily differentiate one fleet from another and who's who's on what ship. Big wooden ships, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, just loads of them. One yeah, I, otherwise it gets for, especially because they're all supposed to be painted more or less black with pitch, uh, so you, you don't really have much going on there. Um, and if you don't want to upgrade anything, then they've just got these little sort of barrels and bits and pieces. It's a nice little the, addition. Really. Yeah. The main triremes, um, there are two hull variants. So one where you can actually see all the rowers on the upper deck <laughs> and one where it's covered up where you don't have to paint all you the don't rowers get to see on the upper deck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they also, I think there's six um, sort of stern sections and a couple of different of prows as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one of the little penties uh, charging around the place. Really nice for customization, and it means that you can kind of <clears throat> you can mark out which one of your ships has always done kind of like the best, almost because you're like, ah, I know this is my like mighty ship that has managed to, you know, smash a whole bunch of Athenian ones into yeah splinters into, or something in, into yeah. dust, yeah. just uh, <laughs> wreck them all and sell their families into slavery, um, which is to row the ships. <laughs> which is all very important. Well, you know, yeah. the Athenians were they they were all democratic type people, um, but the the game itself is um, turn up or not turn about. It's activation about on the ships. You can attempt to retain the activation once, uh, although it's it requires uh, a sort of a command rule and it's a little bit difficult and obviously if you've got chaos and stress going on then it becomes more difficult but otherwise you're you're going to be moving back and forward um as you you play out on the the tabletop and you have to account then for the movement of the ocean uh which either is going left right or right to left depending on your side of the table um uh, and then use your your maneuver to um start getting your people into a position where they can ram where they can board or that sort of thing that little um drift card is just a, literally like a an uh playing card size thing when you're drifting you set it down beside your ship in the direction of the current and then you can move your boat within it uh, as long as the mast 
slash center point of your your boat stays within it so it means you can slide up to you can't go up to 90 degrees so you can go up to 90 degrees you can't go 90 or beyond so 89 degrees probably fine um but it means you can use it to slew so if you're starting to play uh and you know the direction of the water and you know how far you're moving and, and where the drift is coming from you can use that to but leg turn, handbrake turn around the back of somebody uh, or come at them from another angle. Um, so you've got all of these things that allow you to maneuver your fleet into a better position to do the the God's own work, uh, depending Next, on your, furious your God of your God Ancient of choice. Greek drift. Will be yeah. yeah. Um, the, the rules themselves are only, I want to say like 30 pages. Might not even be 30 pages. Mm. Um, and it contains a couple of scenarios in there as well. Uh, yeah. But you've, while your fleets are all Greek, so they're all the same couple of ships, uh, you can play Corinth, Crete, Sparta, or Athens. Oh, and cool. they have slight different sort of nationality rules um, that you can call upon in a turn. Uh, so Sparta, obviously, death before defeat. All Spartan ships in the fleet may re-roll uh, any results of ones during the first round of combat after a boarding action. Um, so that's quite good, whereas the Athenians are uh, professional naval fleets so they can re-roll any ones when making their mastery tests and the mastery tests are used to retain possession so you can do a double activation or uh, if you're attempting to do something while under chaos um because you've got various crew levels from dunger up to veteran shocking i'm pretty sure most of the spartans should probably be ranked as dunger most of the time um you know they, they weren't they weren't the most prolific seamen uh, up until that point where they beat the Athenians and nobody's seen that coming. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating little little game. Um, the thing that was really fascinating to me was that we'd had, at the end of last year, we had Fjord Serpents, which was this naval-based Viking game, which, which successfully kickstarted as well, which is amazing. Yeah, uh, and, it's, it's and it's now on GameFound on the Pledge Manager if you missed it, because you can get back. Jerry's very happy that he's going to. I, I am. I'm really happy. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin. then suddenly, at the start of the year, we got we got uh, Thalissa. So is that how you say Thalissa? Yeah. I always say Thalissa. But anyway, you uh, do you? I don't speak ancient Greek, so I'm nah. I'm content uh, either way. We also now got C. That's the name again. So that's that's out. Uh, you know, the start of this year. So clearly, there's been this really interesting twist towards naval war games. The other thing that's really cool about it is that from reading some of the design stuff they talked about on Facebook, they really wanted to go down the route of it being like naval war gaming, but without all the hassle, almost. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not too much kind of in-depth stuff you need to work worry about. It's all much more a little bit about the cinematic nature of it on the tabletop, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah yeah because yeah, i mean the drift template is a, a playing card mm -hmm. the ramming template is just that front arc and if you're not ramming you don't use that yeah and the rest of the time it's just however far you go now because you're dealing with banks of rowers you always move in a straight line forward and then you can do like a maneuver where you can turn or that drift where you can turn which can be a dice um if you need an extra sort of 180 type of thing but it, it should be relatively quick to pick up and yeah. uh and then incredibly quick to start sinking ships with as well i love big galvy buckets of d10 as well <laughs> the other so, thing that was kind of interesting i was i was looking through some of the stuff they'd said mm -hmm. and i know one of the things that inspired the creator was kind of jason and the argonauts and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and watching all those classic movies and things and i think they've talked about 
doing some mythological stuff as well. The, the, maybe we'll see some like you know titans and yeah. you know, leviathans and that kind of stuff. I mean, there are talk about so. you can have heroes on your ships as well as we go. Uh, as well as the the admiral, which obviously helped to a certain extent. I mean, you can have your your Odysseus style archer slash sailor would obviously have bonuses for that, and then maybe have a, a more stabby Argonos for your boarding <laughs> actions, you know, or your your Heracles or whoever it happens to be. Um, and obviously with that massive Parthenon-like temple on the back of one of the ships, leads me to believe that we may see the uh, mythical side sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a spectacular-looking game. Uh, and like I say, if you're a Prime member, you can get it all for, well, the cost of your Prime subscription. If you're not a Prime member, it's six quid. Sign up, download all the stuff. Bosh. Even if you don't, yeah. even if you don't <laughs> renew your subscription. Yeah. Um, I, I really quite, I liked the MG castings and then Sarissa at the same time. Well, basically yeah. like there's going to be a lot of people who just want to play this game. So let's just do the resin casting for them. Well, the yeah. 3D printed resin casting and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean and just bring that out as sets so where you know. have you gone you are there so you can get a, a starter set from sarissa which is the two player fleet plus all the tokens, all the tokens yeah. and two sets of dice for your command um or you can just get the uh if i close you you can just get the Two player start set with self. However, if you go there, it's only seventy two quid. Yeah. <laughs> if you just want the ships, yeah. just yeah. seventy two quid. And then just download the the tokens because all you really need is, you know, your help help my ships on fire or your chaos tokens um, for stress marking. I mean, a couple of bags of different colored beads, and away you go. Uh, you don't need a Can't huge show, bundle uh, of stuff. The person you're playing against has 3D printed their dice and you've bought the nice ones from Sarissa and they start rolling them and they're like, these are all coming up very well for you. <laughs> well, How did you weight these? <laughs> the, the alternative, I've got a big box of blank dice down here. Oh, that I bought from get stickers. Blank and then just get stickers and stick the yeah. stickers on. Where you, but you know, otherwise, it's, I mean, a D6 and, and have fun. It's not Another exactly tricky yeah. stuff to do. Um, but yeah, if you're after... If you're after a hard papery copy, uh, if you go to whatever passes for news agents these days, are there any news agents still alive on the high street? I think they all shut. Northern Smiths, Ireland. go and have a look. Yeah. We had a WH Smiths in uh, Northern Ireland once. It's closed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have your own news agents. It's, it's like Bill Hicks. Thing. I can't remember what it's, what's, what's it called? The Readers. One? Yeah. Hmm? There's, there's the one in Coleraine that sells magazines. Oh, Eason's? No, it's long closed. Gone. Oh, what? Again, oh, what, what are you reading for, boy? I think oh. it's the answer to Northern Ireland. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's petrol stations or our news agents now. Uh, okay. Damn right. Yeah. It's January's issue, so 421, you can't miss it. It's got that Big on the cover. On the uh, and uh, spoilers for 422, they do some painting tutorials on triremes in it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and there's uh, even a couple of bonus scenarios in there. So. But yeah, um, Definitely worth checking out if you fancy doing something a bit different. And I mean, there's no reason why you can't combine it with other things as well. So if you want to do some sort of land sea campaign, if you want to play out the Peloponnesian War or the Persian yeah. Wars, you can do that. Although I'm not sure what Persians used. I don't think it was triremes. Whatever it was, it got smashed at Salamis. <laughs> Hard knee Persians. Right. You too can recreate 
302, the film that nobody cares about. I, I, I rejected reality and substitute my own. There was no 300 Rise of the Empire. Right, we shall return with the news after the swish. Coming to you from the centre of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the news. <laughs> All right, everyone, we are back with the news and kicking things off. Mantic Games uh, have been teasing an upcoming Dead Zone, third edition, two players, third set. Oh, yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah. They've already got one of those, you say? <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, another one. <laughs> another one. So this is something Mantic have done with Kings of War, where annually they release a new two-player starter set. Um, so if you don't like the two-player starter set army that is currently available, then, you know, maybe next year's one will be. Um, and then they, they just sort of run the stock down of the older one. Uh, so they released uh, Dead Zone Third, which is a fantastic game. Uh, last year with Enforcers and, uh, I'll say, Orcs in it. Um, could be wrong. It's been so long. It might be fair. I own too much Dead Zone. I do own the third edition. In fact, I own two copies of the third edition. I bought it. It had stuff in it. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Anyway, new third edition is going to be setting up two completely different armies, actually. Um, the Omega system is being attacked by the plague, and this is outside the GCPS's sort of sphere of influence, and therefore enforcers need not apply. Uh, it is nearby, however, the plague will be tearing their way through uh, Astrians in this starter set with the fall of Omega-7. So interesting that they've decided not to go with here's superhumans or regular humans against whatever it happens to be against. Uh, They've decided just to go with two completely different forces, and they've done this in Kings as well, where here's two completely different forces for the Shadow of the North. Here's two completely different forces for War in the Holds. You know, in some cases, it's not even good versus bad. War in the Holds was bad versus bad. And likewise, depending on your point of view, with Astrians and Plague, this could also be bad versus bad. Um, but I want to start the ball rolling by going, I love that artwork. It's very cool artwork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's delightful. Uh, if you're unaware of either of these forces or the Warpath universe as a whole, uh, which is entirely possible. Um, starting with the Plague. Uh, the Plague is a... Nobody's really... It might be, might be lab designed, although there are a few labs like Maison working on variants of it uh, for their own nefarious schemes. So who really knows? Um, but essentially it conforms and changes people uh, in a nano slash plaguey kind of way um so it doesn't just change people from being live people to dead people it sometimes changes the physical look of them uh so as you can see here there are plague zombies which are the lowest rung on the ladder of um intellect shall we say uh but then there's also uh these third gen plague troopers who are a bit more au fait um, they can still use guns, for example, and are. Uh, there's even a plague hound in there as well. Uh, so those are all hard plastics. So the third gen plague are uh, one sprue, including the dog. That's uh, one plastic sprue. And then the plague zombies, uh, that's two sprues of plague zombies. I like them. There's guys there using guns like shovels just to batter somebody because they, they can't remember how to pull the trigger anymore. Poor them. And a couple of guys in lab tech outfits as well on the outskirts. Uh, and then there's also 
and I'm going to go out and live and say these are resin based on the oh, it was vermin and GCPS in the last one. I just remembered because the resin well, models I, I are was looking, I was waiting for a time to tell you, but no, I, no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> My brain just clicked away and went, oh yeah, you've got those resin models. See, there's the GCPS one. <laughs> Um, geez, my head is gone anyway so yeah there's a uh plague leader there with one massively buff arm one hugely buff and it a, looks like he's taking off a teraton a huge revolver as well for black well you know way. he needs something to counteract him <laughs> otherwise he'd be listing to one side uh <laughs> so based on the previous box set um these will be in the box set and then available through mantic direct later on down the line if you want to pick them up for plague forces for things like firefight or whatever uh, by themselves but it gives you a, a fairly solid um suppressing fire type of of unit there uh, obviously you're playing on a an eight by eight grid of three inch cubes in dead zone so you don't need that huge amount of distance uh, and generally lines of sight will be blocked by mass amounts of terrain anyway uh, so you're not going to be able to see particularly far um, but then you really want to get things like the plague zombies up unmolested in large groups because then they have the swarm ability and they can really do some havoc doesn't matter how heavily armored you are they will tear you apart when they get in there uh, so that's the plague really nice i enjoy that they can spread the infection wherever they go okay so up against them then are the astrians or asterians uh, depending on how you like to run with that Again, I don't speak ancient Greek, so I'm not <laughs> going to go with that. Uh, interesting thing about the Space Elves for the Asterians is they don't have many people, so they don't like fighting their own wars. What instead they do is send uh, marionettes and ciphers, so little androids and robots and support bots, generally under the control of somebody with a drone controller at the back of the board uh, to do their fighting for them, which makes perfect sense uh, when you're... Uh, an advanced spacefaring race, why fight your own wars when you can get robots to do it for you? Uh, so again, these are hard plastic marionettes, um, variety of weapons, uh, so no rifles and flamers, uh, things like that. Um, and then the support drones can be armed with massive guns, so twin no rifles um, for a long-range, big, chunky, damaging attack, or support drones with cloaking device to stop people from shooting you off the table early on. So generally, they fight via the medium of standing at the back with a controller, but in this instance, um, they haven't. They've sent one of the Matsudan. Uh, so it's actually not even a space elf. Space elves want to fight this war, and they've sent somebody else to fight their war for them, accompanied by their drones, which makes you know, undoubted sense uh, in the grand scheme of things. So they are giant sumo lizards in space. <laughs> That is what the Matsudan are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you not have giant sumo space lizards? Um, so that Matsudan, I think, might be a, a Yokozuna uh, with one of the big ion cannons. So again, long range. So the forces they've put into this box set um, are very nimble and weak and prefer to shoot at you from far away, with the exception of Chunky Boy there. Um, he also likes to shoot you from far away, but if you get close enough, you will get slammed into a wall. And then the Plague, who are a bit rage zombie-ish, run forward not very good at shooting but when they get into close combat they will tear you it's a cool matchup i really like it yeah. yeah and then obviously you're dancing around the uh dead zone terrain so it's all about height and distance for the the asterians keeping away from everybody else and uh, for the plague it's close those fire lanes and, and 
get in there and tear people apart as quickly as possible. So, yeah, really interesting. A lot of people really enjoying Dead Zone as well from from the sounds bit. It's a, a nice way to dive in and play games in the Warpath universe without, you know, having to buy big armies. Not that you necessarily need to with firefights. No, um, yeah. Firefights are relatively, yeah. relatively small as a next step. Yeah. Um, and also it's been brought online with Dead Zone. So if, if you are looking at it, if you're looking for a, a, a tight, really well um, defined skirmish game. Um, I think Dead Zone, as far as sci-fi goes, is, is an you don't want to play guilty. <laughs> spanking one to go for. And then it means if you do want to expand your forces, you can always go into Firefight anyway, because it now shares an awful lot of Dead Zone DNA uh, and rules Very and that cool. sort of thing. So it's, yeah. it's an easy advance. But I like I like what Mandic's doing, where they're going, well, you know, he, here's a different army or a couple of different armies in the starter box. So you're not sitting and staring at a starter box for Dead Zone Third Edition for four or five years that is the same two in it. If you don't like it once, you're not going to like it in three years' time. Um, it gives you an option to to check out different forces as well. So yeah, gets you inspired to start something new, perhaps for the new year. Yeah, like I did that's that. the other thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. you 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 know, maybe you've been looking at uh, Dead Zone. And you've been just been playing Forge Files or something, and you're like, ah, oh, I quite like the look of those plague dudes. Give him a shot. Uh, so, yeah. Thankfully, I'm I'm replete with plague because I've got a full firefight slash warpath army. However, <laughs> I don't have any Matsudan at all. Oh, there and, you I, go. and I've already got a very small Perfect dead zone force of cipher, so I don't have any of the marionettes for the. Asterians. I do like those new uh, those 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 lovely robot elves. They're very cool. Oh. Yeah, uh, they're they're good good clean family fun to nimbly run around the place, and then you can get yourself one of the massive phantom spectra type things oh, and just yeah. lay into people with a, a lizard sword it's oh, good, yeah. like dance your way to victory with the marionettes dance puppets dance right <laughs> who's up next uh next up we're going to be looking at some stuff from gct studios um they are the creators of the very awesome bushido which is a small scale skirmish game in 35 mil uh, which kind of draws from japanese and chinese and, and different asian countries mythologies in order to bring together a really fun and interesting skirmish game that i've been told is actually quite sort of cutthroat in many mm. regards uh, but anyway we're going to be seeing new miniatures for a bunch of the different factions um leading the way is possibly my favorite of the bunch which is master ekusa uh which is for the temple of rokan and comes on the back of a freaking turtle. No, tortoise. 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 That's the word. That's the one. Yeah. I know my yes. animals. Yeah. <laughs> one's got flippers, one's got feet. Exactly. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, an awesome new miniature for the Temple of Rokan that is a support character for the um, faction. Also comes with some special rules for you to kind of do just a full-on master monk style force mm. so it'll be very very niche but it'll give you some really badass specialists and i quite like the idea of all your sort of monks just calmly walking across the table before then just going whoopa and kicking the ass of everybody gets in the way mm. and then the mm. turtle just eats them in a weird way afterwards i like how he appears to be floating over the top of yeah i'm going to go out and let and say that that's a pond of water because it must be lily pads I think it probably is actually, which is kind of cool. I, I, I really that's, like that's that. why you need to use something like a tortoise. Yes. Because yeah. if, if it moves too quickly, you're going to spill all the water out of your bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we go to the young pirates uh, who have uh, Kuruta. Um, he is so deadly that um, his captains have to confiscate his explosives when he comes on board the ship, just in case he destroys everything. Um, so, yes, he is excited about throwing bombs and blowing things up. 
Um, I think it'd be really fun to see him painted up, actually covered in sort of burns and sort of black powder, and maybe with like some sizzling ends to his hair would be quite fun. I think would be really nice. A la Junkrat Overwatch. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> like Junkrat. Yeah, uh, but a very awesome little little model there uh, for the young pirates. And you'd be going going into that direction. Uh, we then have a model for the Silver Moon Syndicate, which is Tomo. Uh, so Tomo is an interesting one uh, in that they are a healer, but by way of um, being weird and creepy, if you know what mm. I mean. <laughs> uh, so they'll heal you, but you probably won't like it. Uh, so the Silver Moon Syndicate are all sort of about, about big gambling dens and money and prosperity prosperous sort of nature and that kind of thing uh, and so they have big burly sort of bruisers that kind of make sure that they enforce all the gambling that happens in their halls and things and then tomo comes along behind them and sort of stitches them up as they're fighting uh, they also have the kill or cure ability um as probably indicated by the lovely uh sort of accessories that they are mm. using as weapons uh, so they can cut you up or they can make you feel better so there it's, you go it's very striking looking miniature Yes. I'm assuming that's scarring around its face as well. Yes, it is scarring. Yeah. yeah. Um, it reminds me of that news story fairly recently of a, a guy who got snake bite on a finger and cut his hand off, got to the hospital, and the doctor said, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Clearly they've seen like one too many Hollywood-type movies. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Well, I'd imagine that's what Tobo might do to you. Yeah, I just think that's probably exactly what it's going to yeah. Uh, you've also got a uh, new character for the Savage Wave. This is my second favourite of the bunch. So this is Yasei. Uh, he's another one of the massive Oni creatures yeah. that you get as part of the Savage Wave. Just imagine that now painted in bright, you know. Red. Red. Vivid oh, coming at God, you. God, yes. Just charging across the table, ready to smash you up. Uh, this is the faction that comes with a whole bunch of... Um, uh, goblin type creatures and gremlins and that kind of thing as well hmm. so if you're interested in the kind of wild and savage elements of bushido and sort of japanese and chinese mythology this is the way to go uh this guy can actually even smash through terrain and that kind of thing on the tabletop so in a game which is very sort of tight uh, and all about good positioning and using your attacks at the right time mm-hmm. being able to burst through walls and surprise your opponent i think is a very cool sort of addition to uh to this collection and again really awesome dynamic posing for that one too which yeah is really nice to see uh, and weirdly, talking of snakes, <laughs> we also have a uh, Yankee who is for the Ito clan. Um, and he is l- literally swinging around baskets of snakes. <laughs> uh, snakes. To, to hit his Why enemies. do have to be snakes? Yeah. As, uh, as the description for this fellow was, um, he burns himself out quite quickly. Mm. I'd imagine that's probably because he gets bitten quite a lot and probably just goes, I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> you know how they say owners uh, start to look like their pets after Exactly, while. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a trait with the, uh, the, the Ito clan, mm. actually. Yeah. Uh, but a fantastic looking model there that, again, kind of shows off the inventiveness uh, of the sculptors and the team at, uh, at GCT, which I think is really nice. Oh, yeah. And um, just fun, dynamic model for you to add into your collection. Uh, and then last but not least, something, you know, pretty standard for kind of looking at Japanese and Chinese mythology and that kind of stuff. Uh, we have Kizoku um, for the prefecture of uh, Ryu, who is your standard kind of badass samurai that you could throw into the mix. Uh, a brilliant swordsman who I think will paint it up should paint up very, very nicely indeed with sort of flashing armor and uh, wonderful swords and all that kind of stuff as well. And then you've got to put all the attention into those facial features and that wonderful little beard as well. Because you know, it, it says a lot. If if I'd started with that, 
and hadn't seen any of the other things, I'd be going, it's a really nice samurai model. Exactly. And, you know, and then you go, but look at all those. You know, it's, it's, you know it, it's got yeah. nice, nice definition, lovely armor on it, subtle. It just, it's a samurai. It's what you want to see. But then when you see him compared to some of the other ones, like <laughs> snake flinger there or nutter right, butter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're just going, actually, I'm, a little bit underwhelmed by a samurai. That's not often you can say you're underwhelmed by a samurai. Yeah. It's a strange state of affairs. Yeah. The artwork actually has him um, with a helmet as well, although it's not present in the novel. I don't know whether or not they're going to add an alternate Yeah, there head might be an alternate head. head. You so, never know. Uh, yeah, all these are available for pre-order right now. Um, mm. As I say, Bushido is one of those games that's been around for a really long time, and it's definitely one that I think maybe we should have a closer look at or something in the future yeah. because it seems like it's just continued to be better and better and better and has a really nice sort of underground following that's kept the game going, which is really cool. So yeah. Sweet to the beat. Uh, moving into Soviet-held territory. Yeah, then. yeah. Uh, so we have stuff for Shay and John. <laughs> or so Shay. <laughs> yeah. My favourite. Uh, yeah, so this is a section, uh, well, it's a preview of what Victrix is going to be doing with their Soviet tanks in the near <laughs> future. Um, they have vastly bulks out their range for um, the Germans and the Americans and the British as part of their 12 mil range. Mm -hmm. um, they've also started doing Soviet infantry in that 12 mil scale as well um, for use in whichever war game you want to be playing. Uh, but they're now moving towards Soviet tanks to sort of sit alongside those infantry figures. Uh, and there's going to be, of course, the Soviet T-34 is going to be rolling out onto the uh, tabletop very soon. Um, they're going to be doing bits and pieces that will allow you to make T-34s, 85s, and T-34, 76s, uh, as well as, apparently this is some nerd thing that's really cool, the uh, CHKZ cast turret. I mean, sure, cool, that seems fine, right? Yeah, that's that <laughs> That's something to be excited about? I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> always, always be excited yeah. about cast As turrets. well as uh, alternative wheels and that kind of things as well that go into the uh, the tracks, as you can see there too. So they've definitely done uh, their research when it comes to the models. They actually are going to come with those tank rider kits on top of them as well, which I think is a really nice little addition. Mm -hmm. um, I love the idea. I mean, I mean, tank riding in of itself just seems like a cool idea. Probably really hazardous. <laughs> it's It's fun. It's fun until you hit a really big bump. Ah, yeah. then you go you go <laughs> skyward and the tank doesn't <laughs> that'll be the way yeah um but yeah so uh they've been working on these for a little while and they're going to be coming to um paper tops very soon victrix are very quick with a lot of their plastic um kits and stuff mm. so if you're interested in sort of bulking out um stuff in 12 mil you've got some nice options there they've also shown off some of the stuff they're going to be working on in the future uh so you've got the su-76s rolling out some big uh some big guns to take down some tanks there as well. Uh, they also made a big point of the, the fact that they've got the little crew member with the periscope over the top. So, you know, mm. keep yourself a little bit safe from oncoming fire and just use a little periscope keep that you maybe got from down. the cracker at Christmas. <laughs> and have a look over the top. Uh, you've also got the chap there with the binox, uh, sort of keeping an eye on things as well, which I think is really nice. I like that he's, I, I like to think that that's a scene and they're all concentrating down, you know, a road being like, I, I thought I saw a panther. And then behind him, he's like, um, they're coming from behind. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't worry about it. If it's a panther, chances are it's broken down. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> terrible, terrible shame. So obviously, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the big, they can be used for anything. These are all 12 mil. Um, but O-Grip is the, the game that, was sort of launched alongside their 12 mil World War II. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, interesting one that I want to have a look at at some stage. I have, yeah, yeah, uh, the author's previous game, um, Panzer Grenadier Deluxe, is, is quite oh, good. Nice. Different, different type of uh, small scale war yeah. game. Um, so I'm not sure what Ogrip changes up or if he stays with similar mechanics or whatever. But yeah, nice okay. to see it from Vitrix. Yeah. They've also done something weird with an app, which I'm not going near because you know I can't do apps. <laughs> um, but it's, it's called um, Company Commander. Uh, and it uses, you know, those things where you see people like doing videos and they like pointing their phone at like a wall and it goes, your wall is nine. Point two meters long apparently it measures the tabletop like that so you don't need any tape measures and it also has the like the dice rolling mechanics built in so you just play on your phone i'm thinking it's just candy crush for nerds for wargaming nerds if anybody ever sees me standing at a table with a phone doing this (laughs) or whatever i don't know how phones work um but yeah if you see me doing that slap me tell me to pick up a tape measure and dice but anyway if anybody's played company commander let us know because I, I imagine that measuring thing can be very squiffy. Uh, just You'd imagine you. so, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because anyway. nothing, nothing works properly on apps and phones and technology. That's why you need books yeah. and rulers, people. Well, Especially the 40K app. Swing and a miss. Right. What's our next bit of news, then? Uh, so next up, some stuff that I think will also make John and Shay very happy. Uh, so this is the announcement that the new core army deals are going to be available for War Machine Mark IV. Finally, they're they're arriving on shores uh, very soon. So, yes, uh, there's going to be two sets that are available this week. So mm-hmm. from now, as you're watching this, you're able to pick up both the Signal and the Orgoth Sea Raiders sets uh, for playing uh, Mark IV. These are fairly sizable, chunky sets uh, that come with a lot of uh, 3D printed resin, as is the way that they're going to be doing their distribution for now on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to go through the contents of these, because I'm going to go sort of Ace Ventura and just mm-hmm. not breathe for a little while. Cool. Uh, so in the Signar set, we have Captain Athena Di Barrio, uh, alongside a Corsa Light Warjack, a Striker Heavy Warjack, the Stormblade Legionnaires, the Stormguard Legionnaires, two Legionnaire standard bearers, and then a Tempest Thunderers unit, an Arcane Mechanics unit, and, as I wrote in the text, few, a Legionnaire Officer Solo. Um, It's worth pointing out at this particular point that the Warjacks that you get in the kit also come alongside magnetization kits. So if you're going to be diving in and you want to change up the weapon options and the, uh, the variants for your Warjacks, all you have to do is just magnetize the bits and pieces. They've already been designed for that to be done, essentially. So there's no boring out holes or drilling or anything like that. And you'll be able to switch things up for your warjacks as and when you see fit. And because obviously these aren't going to be metal models, it's not no, nothing's going to be flying off or falling off or anything like that, which is quite cool. So yeah, so that's Signa, which is looking quite kind of nice, Thank especially you. if you like a little bit of lightning. Yeah. <laughs> but um Going to the next army, which is the Orgoth Sea Raiders, which would be my choice if there weren't some edgelord elves coming down the road. Um, so this is the, the Sea Raiders core set, which comes with Kishtar, the Howling Silence, which seems like an interesting 
uh, dichotomy there. Yeah. We also have the <laughs> the Jackal Light Warjack and the Tyrant Heavy Warjack, again, with the magnetization options for you to build them in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. You've then got the Assault Reaches, the Strike Reavers, the Reaver Standard Bearer, the Old Core Barrager, the War Witch Coven, and the Orgoth Commander Solo in that set. So if you want to be the bad guys, you've got the options to do that there. Um, Always handy. Kind of nice so far. Um, and then finally, the set, which I think pretty much everyone's probably going to want here, right? <laughs> so we've got the Kador Winter Core Army set, which is going to be coming slightly down the road, uh, but it is still going to obviously be uh, coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, but this sort of takes uh, takes things to three factions in Mark Four, which comes with Capitan Iliari Borisyuk, uh, alongside the Dire Wolf Heavy Warjack and a Great Bear Heavy Warjack. Why have light Warjacks when you can have heavy? Kador. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you then get two Winter Core infantry units with support weapons plus two Winter Core infantry standards. You then get some shock troopers, so another Arcanist unit here, but obviously Kador flavored, and then the Winter Core's officers solo. So yeah, three. This, this big is my sets. this is my first look at a lot of the new Warjack designs, and the mm-hmm. Kador ones are superb because oh, yes. yeah. I like the older, I like the the Jack you got on Mark Three, but these guys look like a lot more sort of layered armor, a lot more yes. mechanical stuff about them. The Signar ones look amazing. I yeah. hated Signar jacks, the old ones. I hated them, but these just have a sort of, I, w- I don't want to say dynamic. I just want to say more interesting. Cause I think it comes down to that layering that you talked about. I think yeah. that it being present there gives the models a little bit more bulk and a little bit more depth and, and less pop- kind of like, clanky almost Pro- probably yeah. a few new like um 3d sculptors and stuff that are looking at it in a different way i kind of yeah. like that a lot yeah. i know there's a lot of people that are like oh i don't want to buy 3d prints and it's like well shut up they're nice <laughs> <laughs> that's my opinion and i'm sticking yeah. to it shut up <laughs> yeah. so, jo- so john basically is going to go kado i'm gonna go i i would mm, Oh, oh, I, I don't, I don't want Orgoth because I don't need more edge in my life. I have, eno- I have enough of that because I'm friends with Shay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm torn. It's a fifty-fifty between Signar and Kador. Oh wow! It's okay. really fifty-fifty. I don't oh. like the Orgoth. Or- Orgoth can go. Away. Do one. He doesn't want to yeah. be the bad guys. That's what it is. I like being the bad guys. That's why I want to play Kador. Oh, well, that's, well, yeah, I suppose they are pretty bad. I mean, the Butcher is a terrible human being, or was. I don't know if he's still alive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> he was I terrible mean, human being, but he got better. Yeah. Well, he, he tends to get better quite a lot, actually. <laughs> did he destroy the villages, or did, or did they accidentally, spontaneously catch fire? I mean, we yeah, don't know. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> what about you, Shay? Wait, wait, is, is there a particular army in there that you're like, very nice? Oh, I don't, I don't do an awful lot of War Machine. You haven't which done any War Machine? Be, which one would you be tempted by? Kador. Okay. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. you're yeah. going to paint them red and, and yeah. sing certain national anthems over the table. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this stuff is going to be coming out um, very soon. As I say, orders are available today as you're watching this. Mm. And uh, Kador will be coming slightly further down the road, followed by the lovely Edgelord Elves uh, that we now in love. And um, we just buy yeah. both. <laughs> well, hopefully, we should be doing some stuff with War Machine, which would be really fun. So, we'll, we'll see where it goes in the future. It's a beautiful dream. I get your K door yet, then, Shane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, very cool stuff there. Don't miss out if you're interested by Mark IV. Obviously, all of the rules that they've designed for the game 
are free to go and check out in their sort of early stages and that kind of thing. Mm. And they're going to be building things up and developing their roadmap over the next couple of months as well. So, you know, the future is looking bright for Mark IV. There we go. Mm. Fancy. Right. That means we're at the end of the news, which can mean (laughs) only one thing. So we've got a couple more things for boarding uh, boarding actions, which are going to be which is going to be sort of expanded with the boarding patrols sets that are going to be coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to dive into playing boarding actions, uh, but you don't necessarily have an army already for it, uh, I mean it's only five hundred points. So if you've already got an existing army, just use that. But if you're new to it and you want to give the new game mode a try, then they've done two new sets for the Space Marines and the Chaos Space Marines. Uh, in the, <laughs> of course, well, nobody who plays 40k has power armored armies. Power, at home. Power armor, nobody uh, who plays 40k has ever got any space. Marines, <laughs> like uh, so, on the space marine side of things, you have 10 assault intercessors, you then have uh, five heavy intercessors with their big chunky guns, num num num, uh, and then a captain in Gravis armor that can be armed with a variety of different weapons as you see fit. Um, but it's a pretty sort of standard space marine force in that regard where you've got your ranged options, your close combat, and then your heavily armoured captain who is going to be weathering a lot of the fire probably in that Gravis armour. Uh, on the Chaos Space Marine side of things, they've done something a little bit quirky with this one, uh, but I'll get to it in a second. So the set comes with Abaddon the Despoiler. Sorry, Captain in Gravis armour. <laughs> Why? Because <You're> <laughs> he's on the book, I guess. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would someone that important do something like a boarding exactly. action? Yeah. So you've got, you've got a bad in the despoiler, who is the majority of your points. Remember, Surprise. this is a 500 point game. Uh, you then get uh, 10 of the, um, I think it's 10. 10 of the, yeah. uh, th- this has caused issues because there's five pictured yes. Space Marines, but in the description yeah. on Wamster world they say yeah. 10 yeah so it is it's it's a full contingent of cultists and you do get 10 chaos space marines in the box which means that the actual army is more than 500 points but i pointed it up and if you take five chaos space marines with all the cultists and abaddon it gets to around 495 so um if Somebody you can have a frag grenade Oh no, smelter bombs, they're five points. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, So you you can make, easily make the boarding action force there, but then you could also go to the next level if you really wanted to as well, which is kind of cool. And you can build it up as you see fit. But Mm. Abaddon the Despoiler, not just a a regular Chaos Space Marine Lord, Abaddon the Despoiler isn't that set, but there we go. Do you know why it is? Because they don't have any decent Chaos Space Marine commanders in plastic. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. I could have sworn they did a plastic Chaos terminator lord with like a whole bunch of options or is is that so old it's been outdated that's old it's i think it's still around but i think it's old still around yeah yeah Yeah, so it doesn't doesn't fit the scale of anything anymore no oh well um, shame but yeah some interesting options there for boarding actions uh i have watched a bunch of videos on 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 the game and it seems like legitimately good Mm -hmm. um you know i have my issues with one forty thousand as much as i build armies for it um, but because they've pared everything down, as we talked last week, in terms of stratagems and the warlord traits and all that kind of thing, they've really boiled it down to kind of like the essence of a 500-point quick game. Um, it seems really fun to play, and because of the enclosed environments and the way that they've changed up line of sight and cover and all that kind of thing, it means that things aren't getting blown off the board in, like, turn one, and there seems to be some really interesting sort of tactical decision-making to be had in the game and everything like that. So if you are interested in playing it, 
grab, as we said last week, again, grab your miniatures from your larger 40K army, get some graph paper, and draw out the designs for the the boarding actions from mm. the book rather than having to buy the 130 pound train set. Although I'm sure there's going to be some created by the by different companies later on down the line anyway. Um <laughs> probably. Well, almost definitely. Oh, almost definitely probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarissa. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and and give it a go because it seems really, really good fun. And uh, you know. Hopefully they continue to support it um, throughout the rest of these books. I know they're going to be doing more scenarios and everything like that. So uh, keep an eye out for more. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking about more, um, another one of the box sets that was announced is the Bale Fleet set. Um, so weirdly enough, this said, ah, with Vashtor's coming, the mighty forces of chaos have decided to descend on the Imperium, but we're not going to put Vashtor in the box. <laughs> we're Instead, just giving you everything we haven't sold in three years. Yes, we're going to give you everything else. And then you can add Vashtor later. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just wait for Vashtor to come out and then just throw him into the box, but there we go. Uh, if you're interested in picking up uh, some Possessed, some Terminators, the new Demon Prince model, which is actually quite nice, and uh, a Heldrake, then you can do that. But uh, yeah, so that's another set that's going to be coming down the pipeline for one for talent. There we go. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a monumental amount. Oh, my God, yes. yes. Of uh, yeah. Age of Sigmar Chaos coming. Yeah. Um, so if you wanted to play as the Slave to Darkness and you didn't pick up the um, sort of um, army set that came out towards the end of last year, there's going to be a new, uh, well, a renewed chance for you to dive into playing as the Forces of Chaos on the tabletop. They're going to be getting themselves a new Vanguard set, uh, which comes with the Chaos Knights, the uh, Chaos Chariot, which is quite an old model now, mm. alongside the Chaos Warriors and a very um, stalwart Chaos Lord who's been around for quite a while. Mm. Uh, you're also going to be able to get your hands on the new Battle Tome separately from that uh, army set as well, which comes with the limited edition cover and the standard one as per normal. Uh, and there's also going to be a set of the Chaos Dice as well, which I appreciate the fact that they just went black and white, easy, nice, simple, and easy to find to read. No their, weird. Their dice have been really hit or miss. Yes, they really have. So this one's kind of just like, here's some dice, they work. There we go. <laughs> which is, which is uh, and then in terms of models, Oh, baby Jesus, there's quite a lot of them. So uh, there's the new Demon Prince model, which actually has better options than the one you see there. I think he looks a bit weird, but uh, there are some very nice options in that set for making it into a variety of different demon styles. and that kind Is that of like a, an anime cartoon character face? Exactly. Yeah, he looks like um, the guy from Death Note. The uh, Death Note, that's what I was yeah, thinking of. That's the guy. Yeah, with yeah. the spiky hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, make that into your character. There we go. Mm. Uh, we've also got Eternus, Blade of the First Prince. Um, so this is the kind of switch in the narrative from not all Chaos followers working for Archeon. A lot of them are now like, hey, Bellacore's the best. Let's follow Bellacore. Uh, and this guy was a um, a Stormcast Eternal who was trapped in the uh, the atmosphere above the mortal realms by Bellacore and his mighty spells and has been twisted and turned into a kind of uh, evil version of the Stormcast Eternals to lead the armies on the tabletop. And also there are options to make a standard Chaos Lord, as you can mm. see there as well, which is quite nice. Uh, there's also a Chaos Lord on Karkadrak, which was in the last uh, sort of getting started set for the Warriors of Chaos. I remember um, that, yeah. Now this uh, white lizard riding Chaos Lord is available separately for the first time this weekend on pre-order. You've also then got an Exalted Hero of Chaos, uh, which takes me back to the old day, days of Paul Sawyer mm. doing his Tale of Four Gamers with his mighty um, uh, character there. 
this guy's got a very thin head. Um, you don't have to put the helmet on. <laughs> you can have him unhelmeted if you prefer, but there is an option there for your kind of on foot aspiring champion of chaos, as it were, back in the day. Um, and then you have all of your new mo- uh, miniatures uh, for your kind of rank and file as well. So you've got your new chaos chosen with their mighty axes, chaos knights by the by the dozen with a new upgrade sprue for them, which kind of turns them into the new models. You've then got your new and updated chaos warriors. Uh, sort of to you know work at the center of your army. I still love Chaos Warriors. I think they're so cool. It's oh. the classic halberd and shield. Yes. Oh yes. From uh, back in I'll the have day. my I'll have my three up armor save, please, and plus one strength. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Screw spears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could have a halberd and kill you with that. Uh, so yeah, a nice new kit for the Chaos Warriors. And then finally, um, we have the Ogroid um, Theradons, which are sort of a carryover of the designs that we've seen from the likes of Silver Tower. And then yeah. we saw them in uh, Warcry. There was a, a Myrmidon that you could get for that. Uh, but now the Theradons are the sort of own set as well. So if you wanted to build up uh, an entire army of Ogroids, you probably could do that now, which is kind of awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, so loads of different options there for people playing as the forces of chaos in their games of Warhammer Age of Sigma. Uh, it's the the big new release of the start of the year. So. I'm less than enamored by them. It might be their hyena-like back mm. main. I quite like those, you see. It's, it's just, they just look weird with their tiny faces. <laughs> I massive, the, massive body and then very, very tiny face. I think <laughs> the Chosen are the best models out of the lot. The Chosen are very cool. It's very, The Chosen are very cool. Yeah. I, I got to say, the Ogwood Thermodons are just better than the Minotaurs the that do exist. Lobster Thermidors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. I mean, so, you know, I mean, they're uh, not quite Minotaurs, but they're pretty much there. D- degrees of terribleness, isn't it? Really? <laughs> At that point, do That's you want muscles on your muscles or tiny face on the end of your big I'll take a tiny face, please. Tiny face. <laughs> Interesting stuff from the Chaos some cool stuff there obviously all of this stuff uh available to pre-order over on store.tabletop buy merch go and check it out mm-hmm. that wraps us up for the news then we shall return after this swish to round out the show all right we are back and we're going to be taking a look at some 3d printing because Shay apparently still has money left in his bank account. <laughs> nope. Incorrect. Oh, in that case, you may survive this week, Shay. Well done. <laughs> uh, where are we going to be going to take a look at today then, Benjamino? Uh, so today we're going to be messing around with gothic things. Ooh, uh, my favorite so type is, of things. <laughs> yeah. So this is a creator called Alida on uh, my mini factory uh, that popped up as I was perusing through the tribes section of their website. Uh, And I thought that we'd look at something a little bit different from the normal kind of 3D Mm. printing flair. Uh, We tend to have a look at lots of miniatures and that kind of stuff as well. But one of the things that I think a lot of people tend to forget about uh, is that um, I think you've just clicked on coral reefs in general. No, no, they're all gothic (laughs) things. Don't worry. I'm going to go look at Coral reefs now <laughs> um, is that, you know, 3D printing is pretty damn awesome for terrain building. Uh, and it sure. takes a lot of the effort out of having to, um, you know, assemble some of the plastic kits or MDF and things out there because you just print it out in big old sections, don't you, really? Um, and so gothic, gothic things, as well as selling shrimps, <laughs> also sell uh, a whole bunch of awesome little um, terrain kits and mm-hmm. scatter 
and that kind of stuff that you can print off for your creating, as you might have guessed, gothic things, mm. tabletop. Um, a lot of their focus over the last little while has been on creating kind of your very sort of familiar medieval uh, grim, dark fantasy style settings that you might find uh, across a variety of different tabletop names. So you've got your houses and your churches and your manors and your taverns and your little farmsteads and everything in between like that. Um, it's the kind of stuff that I think would be really nice for a lot of those people who are doing um, kind of those big kit bashy style games that exist out there. Hmm. Uh, and they want to have some nice, quirky kind of Hansel and Gretel esque. Um, Brothers Grimm style terrain to use on the table. That is some stunning, yeah. stunning stonework nice. on yeah. that doorway. Yeah. And I think what's quite nice about this is that some of these kits, especially the ones we're looking at now here, I think work very nicely for kind of going the other direction and talking a little bit sci-fi as well. Because obviously these things would be quite nice to show off in the, you know, the gothic cathedral-esque cities of the 41st millennium or 42nd millennium now isn't it i think actually with the progress sure, of yep. uh, arcs moment but there we go um so yeah um some nice little bits of terrain there that again you know subscribe to that idea of gothic in its entirety uh, i mean there's a big old gothic church <laughs> i'd say is bordering on cathedral to be honest mm. um but yeah. turns out i do have more money left from my bank account <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so as you can Sweet see here, all the different layers, you've got huh? all of the interiors done for it as well. I mean, there's no floor, but, you know, put it on a gaming mat and away you go. I like the idea of using this in something like Carnivale, perhaps, because this just seems apt for running across roofs and leaping between gargoyles, smashing through windows, breaking masonry and all that kind of good stuff. It's a great centerpiece um, for finishing off your games of the crew with top dollar and the crew on the, yeah. the top of the, the church. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like um, grotesques or gargoyles. Yeah. Do you know how to tell the difference? A gargoyle is a full bodied creature. Oh, it sounds good. It's not true. Oh, Gar- right. Gargoyles are gutters. So if there's a pipe that allows water to emanate oh. from the mouth, it's a gargoyle because it gargles. Okay. If it's just a statue, it's a grotesque. Oh, there we go. So, cool. a little bit of architectural. Disney purpose. lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice, printing it in the clear and then mm, using that yeah. and then tinting it with X oh. or contrast or whatever to get stained glass. Deep paint or something, yeah. Yeah. Really nice little touch. Look, but it's the kind, it's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, maybe Proper you don't piece. necessarily think about. You know, a lot of people will be looking at uh, you know, a kit like that in MDF or plastic yeah. costing, you know, what? 50, Hundreds. 50, 60 quid, maybe a bit more than that. Oh, if, if you're wanting multiple layers like that and detail. Yeah, probably higher than 300, yeah. aren't you? But that's $25. So what, 25 quid as well, <laughs> the way things are going, um, for, you know, a massive set. I mean, obviously it's going to take a big bucket of resin to do that, but, you know, do it at your own leisure and you can print off as many as you like as well. The interesting thing for me isn't the complete things like the cathedral, though. Mm. It's these incidental pieces pieces or the architectural pieces, the doors and the windows, Mm. because you can get yourself a 60-pound cathedral in MDF or 40 or whatever it is, or build one out of foam card or EPVC, Mm. relatively straightforward. But then adding the detail to it, is time consuming or difficult? 
However, being able to go in and go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, being able to go, I'm going to use these insets, you know, that, that round stonework window, just need to cut a big round hole in the back of it and then insert that. And all of a sudden yeah, yeah. it changes up the look from a very flat, you know, self-built thing into something dramatic or even just getting the statues to adorn the, yeah. the, uh, the tops of pillars and that sort of thing. Yeah, I really, I like the, the little incidental pieces like that because you can do a lot with them. Yeah. And then these are great for something like um, any of the graves slash silver bayonet. I was going to say silver bayonet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a really nice little collection of stuff that um, uh, just sort of popped up on my radar and I was like, oh, this just seemed like a great idea. Oh, I like this because you can have you can do the dry fully watered, dry, yeah. dry or... Um, centerpiece as well in it that's a nice nice set how many times do you need little tiny pieces of scatter terrain and rather than spending you know a couple of hours <laughs> making mm. it yourself uh, lollipop sticks just whack it onto the 3d printer and you've got a huge bunch of fences and stuff you know for using the tabletops so everybody needs a large mausoleum the best place for a, an adventure to start not the pub a mausoleum mm. why did you wake up inside it bam, bam, bam. <laughs> things like the uh the little objects the windy mill i'm just going to start clicking on things and <laughs> the ridiculous trees let's have a look at that we'll start with ridiculous trees creepy oh that's not at all suspicious is it the mound of skulls with the cross in it mm. you know what the funny thing is whenever you take all the skulls away you'll find that somebody has buried a single stone um, in a, a reverse kern <laughs> it was my favorite stone that I used to kill my wife <laughs> oh you've you've embraced the gothic nature of things there Ben I see I have been watching a lot of I watched the pale blue eye over the last weekend so I've got Poe in my mind so Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that goddamn shrimp that's great I mean look at that look at the stonework on that windmill that's amazing. That's lovely. It's very similar to uh, Grand Manor, and um, who's the other company does them in resin? Oh, tabletop world, tabletop world, yeah. Yeah. and you will pay from both of those people for that quality of, of sculpture. Well, when they do build them brick by brick, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is that is definitely the way. But uh, yeah, just a really nice little thing that you could throw into a whole bunch of fantasy and historical stuff, really. So, dress your town or village. Yeah, exactly. Use it to make role playing stuff a little bit more interactive as well. Throw some bits and pieces on. I like the the, uh, the very grim feudal slash medieval. And then you've got uh, like a gas lantern. Just put one of those in the middle of a forest full of snow. Go Narnia, yeah. Go full Narnia, <laughs> yeah. or excellent for Moonstone as well. You'll never go full sort of Narnia. Yeah, well, that's true. You've got that mix of um, fantasy and, uh, I suppose, Victoriana, so it's excellent yeah, for yeah. Moonstone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're cracking. Very nice stuff, yeah. That's a, it's very, I was going to say Disney, but maybe Pixar-like horse. It's like it's like Hercules' Pegasus in there. <laughs> or it's in, the, like the horse from Rudel Dorado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's such a good film. Yep. I love that film. Everyone overlooks it, but it's amazing. It's, really cool. yeah. it's got great songs in it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a stunning bit of kit. So this is 
gothic things then. Mm-hmm. And obviously uh, they've yeah. got the coral reef. So if you want to do your uh, underwater if you want to go gaming. To the coral reef, you can do that, yeah. yeah Especially no, with deep wars. And deep wars. Stuff, yeah. You should do a, a, a sunken gothic Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. mix the whole lot together and be that like, bugger be cool. it. Yeah. Stop um, giving me ideas. <laughs> sunken gothic Atlantis. Shay. You have no. the printer. We have the capability. Yeah. Oh. There, is, there is also their collection for January, which we mm-hmm. uh, just got there as well. So this is their new stuff. And uh, I had to share off because castles have become quite a thing. Last little while. Um, so um, I think it was the end of last year. We looked at the one, uh, the big resin castle that was From coming out. Magister's Militum. From Magister's Militum. And everyone had a slight heart attack at the price. Mm. Uh, well, just get it I through there. Get get through their get through their tribes uh, for gothic things. That's get yourself a castle. And clever. So yeah, the ruined sections for the siege ruined sections that just yeah. butt against mm-hmm. your uh, your wall sections. And you've got the steps built into the the interior section as well, which mm. is really nice. So you you can you know properly walk your characters up and down that. Um, if you're looking to build something classically medieval, or if mm. you wanted to go down the route of making a new siege tabletop for your fantasy games you have the ability and uh yeah looking very nice very nice indeed nice set of towers as well mm-hmm. just do a nice little modern bailey yeah. stick that big hexagonal fellow on top of a hill and away you go and the other thing as well is that you know printing miniatures can sometimes be an effort in frustration printing terrain a lot of it's just flat right so you know, <laughs> bound to be easy yeah bound to be easy yeah bound i mean easy. john does it he just presses go and it's done yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we imagine that all works it's yeah. like uh printing out a, a document through my my printer you just press print <laughs> and at no point does your printer ever eat the paper or print a test page or anything like that it's always just very simple i imagine face. 3d printing is yeah. exactly the same exactly. stress-free yeah. that's some stunking <laughs> stuff through that january castle so yeah if you want a castle Ooh. pick it up and also obviously that'll be available separately down the line on their my mini, my mini factory page as well so you know keep an eye on gothic things maybe add it as a bookmark well, there you go. Get yourself a shark and a shrimp. Where you go, bish bash bosh. Do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your own uh, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo story. You yep. Go. That's exactly what I will not be doing. But, you know, like, <laughs> there's always the potential. You never know. It could happen. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Right, to round things off, we have a couple of Kickstarters. We do, yeah. First one should be familiar to John, <laughs> uh, if only by the name itself. Yeah, so for the first one, we're going to be going nuts, Yeah, uh, which is a World War II skirmish combat tabletop system uh, from the folks at Two Hour War Games. Um, this is essentially a culmination of pretty much everything they've been working on for the last little while. Um, nuts in itself is a solo slash cooperative system which is very much focused on the idea of kind of the grunt's eye view of world war ii um so it's not big armies it's like small squads or in some cases three or four maybe five men in a team or something fighting it out on the tabletop uh and as as i suggested in many cases you're going to be playing this by yourself or with a friend uh, and sort of going through missions against AI-controlled enemies and that kind of thing, as you sort of fight your way deeper into occupied France and beyond and all that kind of good stuff. Well, where they've changed things up with this, and 
the video is doing all the things for me. Mm. Well, where, where, we, where we go with this one is uh, there's going to be a new expansion to this called Your War. Um, and that kind of allows you to link everything together into big campaigns. And on that campaign front, haha, we have a couple of fronts to explore. So they're going to be doing separate books for the Western Theatre, the Eastern Theatre, North Africa uh, and the Pacific. And all of these will come with very specific rules for playing out. You know, for example, the Marine, the U.S. Marines versus the um, <laughs> Best the U.S. Marines versus the Japanese, or you know, the you know the standard push at D-Day on the mm. Western Front and all that kind of good stuff. And again, tied into this idea of it being a campaign system, you're going to play through this sort of building up your characters and your 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 little squad and how they sort of fought out the war, maybe across multiple theatres if you wanted to go that way as well, which I think is quite nice. The other thing that's really cool about this is that they've added in kind of RPG light mechanics to the mm-hmm. game. So you play out your um, solo cooperative or head-to-head games and then between them, you can do kind of like little tiny RPG segments where you find out what happens to your characters uh, maybe you des- you know you're going to be attacking a town in the next uh, scenario. So you might spend a little bit of that kind of downtime in game mm-hmm. between the sort of things in your campaign, um, soliciting the help of the local resistance or maybe, you know, going and um, destroying some supply lines or something like that. And I really like that kind of added element to this where you kind of build up the story a little bit more with, with the system and stuff, which I think is quite nice. Um, uh, they've also got a bunch of additional supplements coming out. So we saw one of them, which was the tanker one, where you can actually play as, you could literally just play as a tank crew or you could play as a large tank squad, uh, you know, platoon or something mm-hmm. like that if you wanted to. But I just love the idea of it being very granular and it being, no, no, I'm literally playing as my tank crew and this is me in this, lo- you know, playing out a section of a much larger conflict, hunting particular tanks, enemy tanks down in a village or something like that, or, you know, on the outskirts of a forest or something, I think it would be really nice. Um, and they've also done a more pulpy one as well, um, which is uh, like a weird, weird world war version of nuts mm-hmm. where you can throw zombies and Nazi bats and werewolves and vampires, yeah, mythos yeah. creatures, everything into the mix as well. Um, so if you wanted to make it a little bit weird, you can do. Um, and as you can see by what they've got, they've done with the campaign, which is well-funded, obviously, because Nuts has been around for a while and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really enjoy it. Uh, they've got loads of their additional supplementary um, sort of material in there as well. So you can pick up things like the D-Day stuff and everything like that as well. So if you are interested in playing a little bit of Nuts, make sure to go and check this one out because it seems like a really, really fun way to play World War II, um, mainly because I've, I've, I've always liked the idea of playing a much more kind of tightly focused skirmish-style version of that. Playing a, a Fury or yeah. Kelly's Hero-style yeah, thing yeah. rather than the, the full yeah. sweeping. And 0200 hours, I think, kind of gives you that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a way. But I quite like the fact that this is much more wide-reaching in that regard. Mm. It kind of gives you that, you know, I this is my my single squad going up against, you know, you know, masses of the German army or something, or, you know, trying to sneak your way through towns and all that kind of stuff as well. So it just seems like a really fun and interesting way to, uh, you know, play World War II in a different style than maybe you're familiar with. And a lot of people will have World War II miniatures from Warlord or Empress or whatever just sitting around. So maybe worth giving this one a shot. I like that they've got sample pages for most of the books as well. Uh, so you can so you see what the sort of contents is going to be like and what what's going to be in each of the books yeah. along with those... um. Yeah. Uh, videos for gameplay as well if you want to see how nuts yeah. plays out as a and, whole 
the gameplay video is only like seven and a half, seven, eight minutes long, I think. So, you know, kind of gives you everything you need to sort of get your head around very, very quickly. But yeah, seems like a really fun way to play World War II on the tabletop, I think. Yeah. I'm fascinating to see where they go with that and who jumps on board. There is 14 days left if you fancy going a bit nuts in World War II. Uh, <laughs> our last Kickstarter. I was, I was expecting there to be like another thing just called FUBAR. And then, and then they'll just do lots of different acronyms or something. Like that, so. Well, that's isn't an acronym. That's is a reply. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, okay. American commander in Bastogne. Bastogne. Oh, is it like lightning storm uh, or whatever? Uh, or whatever? Uh, it was a, a German. No, they were under siege for a while, and a German commander sent uh, a nicely worded message saying, "You know, dear Americans, uh, we were giving you this chance to surrender." Blah blah blah. And then the American commander's reply was, "John, nuts." <laughs> he just said back there of nuts. Brilliant. You go. <laughs> is, is it from the from was it from the American commander of Bastogne to the German commander, commander of nuts? Bastogne? Nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. I love that. It's uh, yeah. So, so much for the you won't be able to hang on in here much longer. <laughs> right. Uh, taking a look then at a Kickstarter that seems to be blowing up. Yeah. Even as I look at it, yeah. fantasy time with Orc Quest Warpath. Yeah. So this is Orc Quest Warpath Resurrection. Um, the resurrection bit is in there because Monolith uh, Edition, who you'll know I've, I've worked on stuff like the Batman board game and stuff in the past, have picked up the Maze Games um, license for this and mm-hmm. have designed, well, basically brought this game to the tabletop. Apparently, it's one of the most anticipated games of the last couple of years that is now finally going to be seeing a, uh, a new sort of version of it on the tabletop. As you might imagine, with it being sort of like a resurrection version of the game, they have said that they've kind of revamped and refreshed everything so that it's all very quick and easy to play. The nice thing about this game is that you're not playing as your standard, you know, human, elf, dwarf and stuff, diving into a dungeon crawler. You're actually playing as what would typically be seen as the bad guys, essentially, in your games. Um, the, 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 the world of the orcs is threatened, and so you're going to be playing as orcs and goblins and everything in between, looking to kick the ass of the puny humans, the dwarves and the pointy-eared princelings within the elven kingdoms uh, and telling them what for and getting rid of them, uh, which I think is quite yeah. a fun way to Evil change things. Evil tales. <laughs> um, I was reading the wrong bit then uh, of my running order, and I was about <laughs> to start telling you about the Eastern Front, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, gameplay for this is quite simple. Uh, on your turn, you get two action points. You have a hand of cards, and those cards will say on them with a little A symbol. Uh, it'll take maybe one action to move or two actions to do a big, massive attack. You basically work out how you want to spend your action points, and there you go. However, and a little bit of a twist, there is also what's called the badass meter, because of course there is, because you're orcs. Uh, and you can use points from the badass meter, as you can see there, which is kind of awesome, mm-hmm. to uh, do more attacks and abilities and that kind of stuff on the tabletop. So if you wanted to run into somewhere which would normally cost you two action points. That would, you know, normally mean you're out of out of actions. Don't worry, spend some badass points to do a big badass attack, kill some enemies, and destroy the room and everything else in it. All that kind of good stuff. Um, the other thing that's really nice about this is that they've gone like proper old school dungeon crawler. So when you walk around the board and you open up a new room and you go into it, you don't know what's in it, and it gets randomly generated. So as you mm-hmm. saw in the video, you make a um, box within the the game box using these dividers 
roll the dice so, into it. Yeah. So then you roll the dice into it, and where the dice land and what face they're on determines what enemies you're going to be facing and what treasures and rewards and everything else is added into that room, which I think is a really nice way of doing it because it means that nothing's ever totally prescribed. Yes. You'll always know the kind of enemies you're going to be fighting in a scenario because you'll be like, oh, well, this is the one where you have to, you know, go and burn down a human town or something. But within that, you'll never know exactly what's going to be in each room, which means that you can keep coming back to scenarios and playing them in different ways with their absurd array of heroes that they have to choose from, mm. uh, as pictured here in green, and uh, and and just try things out in different ways. I think it's a really fun little way of doing it. Um, uh, I had seen this when it first came out from Maze, and they'd started talking about it, and it seemed mm. like a really interesting novel concept. Uh, to be playing as kind of like what you'd normally see as the bad guys, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I know Mantic did um, their League twist on that, didn't it? League of Infamy. Mm. And uh, this just seems like a really fun way to go. Um, as it's a monolith game, it means that it comes with a whole host of plastic. <laughs> yes. Um, so there is quite a lot for you to get your head around. There's two massive boxes. Um, but the other, well, the, quite, the interesting thing for me with in that regard is that Yes, there's a lot of stuff that you're going to get in it, but a lot of it's already been done because Maze Games did a lot of the heavy lifting for this mm -hmm. project. So essentially, this Kickstarter is to kind of just get it over the line and finish it off, which is why it's a very short campaign that only only got, I think it's five days left on it at the moment. Um, so, you know, you're essentially looking to, fingers crossed, touch wood, you know, Kickstarter is Kickstarter, mm -hmm. um, you know, might be getting this as early as kind of the end of the year, sort of October, November time. So pretty cool. Wacky fun. Um, yeah. Seems like a really then, interesting concept. Yeah, presumably each of the um, scenarios is themed to a certain type of enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you, you, yeah. you know you're going to be up against the elves at this part. Fighting or in a barbarian people, or, or yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Seems yeah, very cool. It really is a ridiculous amount of stuff in there. Very it's much one of those... So, yeah. Stash exceeds life expectancy type of things there, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's definitely, as, as most people call it, a lifestyle game. Mm. <laughs> uh, if you're picking this zombies. up, this is the game that you probably intend to play for the next couple of years, I would imagine. So, yeah, very nice. Looking fairly funky. Really, yeah. Really I, I do like the idea of generating things via the medium of yeah. roping off a room and dropping dice into it. My yeah. only problem with that will be people tend to, you know, if you're right-handed, you're going to be rolling into the top left corner all the time. And if you're left-handed, you're chucking into that, you know, things are going to, I know well, in that little animation, in that little animation they dropped lovely and scattered beautifully into <laughs> yeah, all corners yeah. of the room. <laughs> I know that's not going to happen. They're going to be lined up like a conga line against one wall. <laughs> uh, maybe some form of, drop uh, them from above. Drop them from above yeah. But yeah, fascinating stuff. Interesting concept as well. Uh, yeah, attacks and all that kind of stuff is all very simply done. It's all everything's based on the cards, based on colored dice points. and all that kind of stuff. Oh my um, god! If you, you sleep craft, with cards, you, you're going to be there forever. You can craft equipment, hence all of them. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys see, craft weapons and armor and items and everything as well. So, oh, the other thing I didn't mention because you're playing as orcs. Yes, there's anim animosity in the game because, of course, there is. Uh, so on the start of the turn, you draw an event card, and it might be like you punch, punch the guy the next to you in the face, face or something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I think is really cool. Suck it up, yeah. Goblin. Suck it up. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Orc Quest, Warpath, Resurrection, EA, plus Alpha, Turbo <laughs> Edition. Uh, currently game. five days left, and like I say, well-funded, even as we were sitting here. 
There's a couple more thousand have been chucked at us. Uh, so, yeah, if you fancy getting in on board that, probably jump in now. I imagine there'll be a pledge manager, though, if you don't. So possibly one to look out for in the future as well. That wraps us up for another week. I think uh, I think I'm going to go off and read some books because I've got things to do. However, I will be back on Sunday morning with some of these reprobates. Not those two at the bottom, mind you. We're swapping them out for uh, heavier versions. It's okay. They won't see this. The uh, Brothers so Grimm. The Brothers Grimm are going to be joining us uh, yeah, for the are. XLBS. If you have not been over to on Tabletop before, you can become a cultist for 30 days with a free trial and see some of the nonsense we get up to as we take a more sedate uh, look at the hobby. Only Johnstons, as we like to call it. So, yes. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> that is the ones. Otherwise, we shall return next Sun or next Friday. Sorry, uh, for more of the same. Until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on. Uh, Stop for a second. Stop for a second. I think we've lost John. I I just assumed he got bored and left. <laughs>